Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Dial M for Maple, the AV Club's deep dive look at Riverdale. Today we're turning back the clocks to the early 90s for the Midnight Club. I'm your host, AV Club senior editor Mara Eakin, and I'm joined as always by Cameron Sheets. Cameron, hi. Hey, totally rad. And now, da na 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 da na 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 I wish they would have used the 902 and 03. Yeah, we gotta talk about the music they use because it's pretty exclusively 80s. <laughs> Their timeline is a mess. Yeah. Oh, this whole app, I think. Let's get right into it. <laughs> uh, it's time for our ice puncher, which is how we open each week's episode. Sure. Um, if we get another flashback up in the future, what part of their lives do you want to see? Oh, um, I wrote this down and I didn't even think about it yet. Do you have one? Um, the initial one that comes to mind mm-hmm. is Penelope's awful storyline, <laughs> yeah. which is basically she was purchased <laughs> from an orphanage it's really to harsh. be Jason's bride mm-hmm. as a child. I guess like a six-year-old. Yeah. Which I guess explains why her last name is Blossom. Right. I remember that being the thing leading up to this. We're like, wait, so she's a Blossom already? That being said, like, I don't think Riverdale would do that justice. It's basically like a real fucked up movie. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be really dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like a lifetime story. I think mine would be, I, I want to know, we know what Alice as a serpent is like kind of in the school setting, but I want to like see her serpent upbringing. I want to see... That's a good point. Her running around with like young Penny Peabody, if that. I mean, that's what we really need to yeah, know is like the Penny know. Peabody backstory. Like, mm-hmm. what happened? And like, I want to see a young hog eye and a young tall boy. Yeah, the <laughs> tall boy that. as a boy. Mm-hmm. The tallest boy. The tallest boy. Yeah, in school. What if he wasn't? What if he had puberty late and it was like the joke that he was tall boy and then he grew into it? Like, that's whoa. probably it. <laughs> that must have been what happened. Alice the serpent passed. Give me more of that. Definitely. Um. Well, speaking of Alice, mm-hmm. this episode, kind of as we were pondering, you know, we, we have like the the f- the framing device of this flashback story is Alice finally telling Betty mm-hmm. what the deal is. Yeah. I will admit I was like 90% watching this. Like I was kind of doing <laughs> something else, but I found it to be very confusing. Like the whole app, like I was kind of like. Is mm-hmm. Alice like embellishing here or people would be like, no, I didn't even see this. And then like, is she like remembering incorrectly? Yeah. Like it's definitely through her eyes. It definitely is. And I was kind of forgetting that early on. And then you get like, yeah, the moment after they've had their fizzy rocks and yeah. everyone's going wild and she's getting these like, it feels very like sense memory, like hallucination. Like, yeah. What was actually going on? Yeah. And then there's like just things that they drop that make like no sense mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, you made out with Fred. <laughs> that really threw me off because it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's like they just wanted like Lily and KJ to kiss. Yeah. Again. I was really confused about that. It's so strange. I mean, Betty's reaction to it is funny. And she's like, wait. And that's like how we reacted to it. And she's like, it doesn't matter. And then <laughs> you're right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And why she wouldn't just like go, oh God, anyways, mm-hmm. not to skip to right to the end of the episode. Well, sure, but. But why Alice is on like, hey, Hal Cooper, not like, hey, Fred. I don't know. <laughs> anyways. Did you notice that 
the first time we see any of these characters in the episode, most of the time it is like we do get their full name. Just so it's like, just so we're clear. Yeah. KJ is playing a young Fred Andrews, <laughs> which I, sure. I liked, hopeful. one thing I will say about Zep, you know, hopping all over the place, mm-hmm. is I liked the little affectations that the Me that too. The, the younger actors picked up on. Me too. Like there were some ways that Luke tells jokes that KJ would kind of do, uh-huh. or Lily's sort of like thrown off. Majin things like the little strings of hair, yeah. That that um, Cole's bros had as as Heat Ulrich, incredibly well styled, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, he. I felt like I. I kind of think that Cole did the best job in terms of like impersonating. He did, like, yeah, he did like some rubbing his eyes yeah. stuff that I was like, good, subtle. I like it. It was like physical <laughs> stuff, and it was subtle movements that really sold it for him. But yeah, the hair was great too. <laughs> because I had read or heard that Lily had been like watching Twin Peaks, yeah. like trying to pick up on like some Shelly motions from Majin. Mm-hmm. And I sort of saw it, but not really. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she looks. I thought she the look was like spot on, but yeah, yeah you don't she necessarily definitely had the best outfits. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, definitely the serpent <laughs> stuff. She had like the kind of like floral kind of sheer shirt she was wearing yeah. at one point. This is all before they end up in their like gar- griffins and gargoyles she had gear. that 90s thing where she, you can always see like pantyhose out of the top of her <laughs> jeans, which yeah. is just like, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> um, and like lace gloves and like the little motorcycle caps. Mm-hmm. Great looks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alice kind of sets the scene early on. Well, I was confused. I was like, is this the 80s end because of the music? But Alice does set the scene with her VO, which is very Jughead VO in my mind, the way she kind of like makes things a little fancier than they were. But let's hear her initial setup of the story. It was our junior year. Phones had cords. Winona had Johnny. And everything smelled like teen spirit. The world was a different place, and we were very different people. Back then, I was Alice Smith, a bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks with enviable hair, no real friends, and one huge problem. Yeah, so, I mean, just kind of a funny way to set the scene. Phones had cords, why not had Johnny? So we're talking, I mean, it seems like early 90s, right? I like, is so. that what we're talking about? Like, like pre-grunge, mm-hmm. but like around then, like singles era? I don't know, I guess that's mm-hmm. grunge. Yeah, it is. I mean, she brings up Teen Spirit. What that was, what, what year did... Teen Spirit was like 91. 91. So yeah, super early 90s then. So some of the 80s stuff makes sense. I mean, we just recently went to a Saved by the Bell event at like the Max Pop-Up yeah. restaurant. And that is a show that kind of bridged the gap between late 80s, early 90s, very much so. And I think there's parts of what the show was. I mean, definitely the title card, which I thought was incredible, mm-hmm. was like trying to replicate that. I think it makes sense because do the math. Like you're talking about 15 year olds, it's 2018. So they would have been born in like 2003. Mm-hmm. Count back a little. You're saying, okay, let's say so their parents had them around like 25, 26 years old. Unless we're talking Alice who had Chick very young. Yeah, well, that's why he's like <laughs> 20 or whatever now. Mm-hmm. I guess that's 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 how it works out. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, so basically everyone's in detention. <laughs> yes. And Anthony Michael Hall is the sadistic uh, principal who's never around. Yeah, I mean, he really has one scene of dialogue, it feels I know. like. Extre- I'm extremely thankless role for uh-huh. him. I mean, he kind of does, he kind of gets to do the principal um, Vernon Breakfast Club speech at mm-hmm. them, where he's like, no moving. I, I I don't remember all of it, but even the way he like kind of enunciates certain words is like supposed mm-hmm. to be riffing on that for sure. I know, and like the stuff behind him on the board, like yeah. he's, he's got it. Yeah, he assigns the essay, and then of course... 
They get in a fight after playing Secrets and Sins, which I thought was a fun callback. They get in the fight, and then he comes back, and then um, it's like, okay, it's another four weeks for you guys, which is, of course, the big Breakfast Club moment mm-hmm. where... They're in Saturday detention for yeah. life. <laughs> the Secrets Thanks, and Bender. Sins thing is always such a, like a fucking... A little bit of a mind fuck where it's like, why are you telling strangers like like that you're you were basically brought out of an orphanage at six years old? Yeah, it <laughs> took it took no pressure from anyone. They just immediately <laughs> gave that all up. Yeah, it's not really truth or dare. It's mm-hmm. just like, tell us your dirtiest secrets. Yeah, and that was like, was that the first? That was the first one too. So later on, I think some of the narration is like, we were bored and and desperate for can I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. like that first, they just are immediately like, here's everything about me. Yeah, my dad hits me and. I mean, I th- it's fun in a very, like, obvious hit-you-over-the-head way how Fred is mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? It's not bad in Riverdale. I could even be mayor one day. And then Sierra's like, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's fun. Like, at it's, the beginning of the episode, I was sort of like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all having such fun with it. Like, you could tell they had fun with the script. The performances. Yeah, they had but a great time. But then it just, time, like, like, spins into this. Like, they got stuck being like, yeah, and then we'll cast every single actor, every single actor as themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll build all this weird storyline. And they all have to be doing crazy stuff all the time. And it just turned into a bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean, it's fun at the beginning because it's like, whether these aren't, the normal characters were following as, you know, in the present timeline, but to like actually see them in school and interacting and kind of like ribbing each other. It's like, yeah, these are like actual teens having a good time mm-hmm. here. And you, it, you're, you definitely do see like the actors having a good time doing it. Yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, Cheryl is really funny <laughs> or I'm sorry, Penelope yeah. as played by uh, Madeline, like mm-hmm. so, so funny that she's dancing later to the Fred heads and is doing this completely insane <laughs> Thing and she's got her braces like what a performance i know and i do like kind of finding out how they all ended up where they ended up although the reason that happened to all of them is a little specious to me yeah but i like um yeah you know cammy's hermione being like you know he's a provider mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. like kind that of kind defending of thing. him already yeah. right yeah my mom doesn't want me to be with him blah, 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 Mia. you know and then <laughs> He's going to get out there and do what he needs to do. It's weird because she does. It's set up that she already has that attraction to him. And then as they get really into the game, she that's when she and Fred become a thing, which we've heard about in the past. But and her and fucking Reggie are making out oh, like yeah. during like the drug freak out. Yeah. Which is kind of like in a way I was like, oh, there they are. Mm-hmm. The couple, like, the real yeah. life couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's just like. Like, I was constantly like, why are they, what, what's going on over here now? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone kind of loses themselves in that moment and it, like, mm-hmm. almost doesn't matter. Well, so something else that happens, actually, I really like when they start playing the game and this kind of goes back to, like, them just kind of having fun and letting their personality shine. I did want to play the, the sound by where they're picking their characters when they first start to play. Let's. But first, pick your characters. I pick the sorceress. Maybe I can make all you nerds disappear. I picked the thief. I've always wanted to be free of moral reasoning. Well, as the voice of the people, I choose the siren. Dead eye. Sick. Fred, we all know you're the radiant knight. Clinging to the ideals of hope, justice, and righteousness. I don't know, it seems kind of... Perfect for you. Yeah, so just... 
really funny to me how it kind of all fits their personalities. Definitely best part was um, Jug, or I'm sorry, FP picking Deadeye, or yeah, Deadeye, and he just goes sick. <laughs> really, really good. Um, and then pretty soon after that, they decide that they want to start taking this off the board game. And like somehow, even though she just came up with the idea, Penelope has hidden stuff around the school for them. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I feel like I need to watch it again to be like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No, it, because she's also like saying she's hidden stuff around school for them. Yeah. But she also hasn't done any of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like how'd the game get there? The game. Yeah. Like the how game is everything set up for them? No, that's a great point. I think she was doing it all herself up until the point where they get the invitations to the Ascension party. And that happens like after this group has met up with the Mm -hmm. other group, which is young Tom Keller, Mm -hmm. young Hiram. Young Dilton. Young Dilton's father, Dilton Sr. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a, he has a name in the show, but I can't remember what it is. And same with Reggie's dad. Yeah. Something Mantle, but. Yeah. They're there. And so they all meet up. Kevin's like little bandana. It's Uh like, oh man. Yeah. So 90s. Yeah, it's um, really funny. Yeah, it's um, it's super funny. I think maybe also, let me say this. I don't play these types of games. Sure. <laughs> so um, I'm like, how can you have a quest that they just like randomly set up? Like, mm-hmm. what's the, how is it going to be accomplished? Like, I don't understand these kind of games where it's like, yeah. I'm going to roll the dice and see if I, see if I win the battle. Like, you know, hit me. I guess if you're a D&D fan, like tell us if this holds true to how those kinds of games are played. That's a great point. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty certain no one that plays D&D is drinking like poison lace Kool-Aid, but... Yeah, but like the previous parts. Let's yeah, see if yeah, that was yeah. all up. Like, can you take your D&D quest like off the board? I think it just depends how much you want to get into just having fun and role-playing and acting things out, but you're still like beholden to the dice and the board. I, I don't know. Never played. Yeah. Wow. We got to get an expert in here. Tinette plays uh, D&D. Ugh. I'll have her back and ask. We'll ask her about it. Our, our resident D and D expert. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you're right. Things start to get off, go off the rails, and ooh, we don't really know who's doing it, mm-hmm. and we never find out. Let's come back. Let's take a break, and we'll mm-hmm. come back and talk about the Ascension Party. Yeah, sounds good. Hi, I'm Erica Mandy from the Newsworthy Podcast, where we break down all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. And we know right now all the COVID-19 news coverage can feel a bit overwhelming. Our goal is to keep you updated in a way that gives you the facts and need-to-know information without causing unnecessary panic. We give you the serious stuff and the actions we all need to be taking, but we also remind you about the positive, all in 10 minutes each weekday. Just search for The Newsworthy in your podcast app or go to thenewsworthy.com. That's thenewsworthy.com. We have jumped around just as much as this dang episode, <laughs> but maybe let's focus in on the Ascension Party. Yeah. Um, basically, there are creepy notes sealed with wax in their lockers that invite them all to this Ascension Party. And so they go, there's like, you know, orange soda and pizza. And it's all set up, and they're like, let's do it. And Cheryl, I mean, Penelope is the dungeon master. Yeah. And Hiram uh, has brought some drugs, and it's, you know, basically pop rocks, but it's drugs, which An is a nice form. nod to Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Definitely. And they all do them, except for Alice, because Alice is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they're all like super fucked up. Yeah. And, and a really weird, like running around the school, cackling. Yeah. Really creepy. 
Yeah, and then, but first the Fredheads played oh, Dream God. Warriors. Yeah, that's a weird I moment. texted you and was like, is this song supposed to be bad? <laughs> like, is it like the song in A Star is Born where you're like, oh, oh this is cheesy. Like, why did purpose. you do that to me? I mean, first of all, why did you do that is a great song. <laughs> and I just implore you to listen to it. Um, on Spotify at all times because it's perfect. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think so. It just feels really weird. I mean, like, I guess I get thematically why they wanted that song, but I don't think that the band really pulls it off, does no. it justice. Who knew that, like, Alice plays keyboards? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred, I mean, uh, FP, FP plays drums? Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, this is where it's like, okay, if you really look at the logic, does any of this make sense? Because they're all of a sudden, they're this band, the Fred Heads, which we were told earlier in the episode that these people didn't really know each other mm-hmm. beyond, like, FP and Fred. And so it's like, this was the band, but... But the Fredheads have, like, been canon in the past, right? Like, it's been mentioned as, like, oh, we had this band, the yeah, Fredheads. Fred has brought it up. But if but if this is the only time that band ever played... Yeah. And you kind of, like, we've been hinted at the fact that the parents have this, like, rich history together. Mm-hmm. But this episode shows some of that. But it's also, like, showing that it's all happened within this very specific window of time when they're playing this yeah, game. Yeah, like, like a month or two. Because they didn't know each other. And then they completely forgot about each other after all the shit went down. Like, intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting. They all became monsters, as Alice says. Let's play this little bit of soundbite from her VO. But to this day, I wonder what was in those drugs. Maybe whatever turned us into monsters. Kudos on the whole ascension party thing. Very rad. Me? I thought you did all this. It was set up when I got here. Or maybe we've been monsters all along. I mean... That's one of those moments where I'm like, wow, she's talking just like Jughead would when he's narrating things. It's Mm -hmm. like, but maybe we were the monsters. (laughs) I mean, Alice is like a real ham. Oh, she totally is. We've known her to be a ham the whole time, you know, like like an overly dramatic person. Mm -hmm. Um, On some ways you think like, has the farm changed it? But no, it hasn't. It hasn't changed her soul. (laughs) No, (laughs) you can't change someone's soul. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, she's... This is, I mean, we're talking about everyone going crazy. She kind of hides herself in the bathroom, finds the chalices. There's all the writing on the walls. Which, like, did that show up, like, while she was in the stall throwing up? I guess Or, like, so. did she just run into the bathroom and didn't see it? And then it came out and it was all over the walls? I don't know. It's all very, very foggy. So kind of, like, that's to me where it felt like, is Alice remembering this right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Maybe she did she do the drugs. Off, she leaves. Mm-hmm. And, like, doesn't hear from anybody for the rest of the night. Yeah. And then what happens is the principal disappears. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning she sees Hermione. And she's like, Hermione, what happened to you guys? Where'd you go? And Hermione's like, you didn't hear? Fred's dad died and he wasn't there. So does Fred not find out about it until he gets home and finds his dad dead? Does he get beeped? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's not going to get a text because <laughs> yeah. it's the 90s. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, good point. I mean, but- I guess it must be... Because Fred's mom's not around. Oh, God. Who is? Yeah, we didn't hear anything Who about does he that. stay with? Like, he's 16 years old. Like, he doesn't just. Yeah. Also, where's Mary? But. Um, yeah. Yeah. I So we're to assume that that happens not long after um, Alice leaves. So then that leaves Featherhead alone in the school with the Gargoyle King. Mm-hmm. And he maybe sees the chalices and just out of curiosity. In the women's restroom? 
Yeah. Maybe he's looking in there for everybody. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, why would you drink out of it? And then... Like, does he flip the coin? I don't know. Yeah, was he like, ooh, this looks fun. Mm-hmm. Puts the crown on and starts playing. I mean, I guess I see him maybe like running, like going to every room looking for the kids and like looking in the women's restroom and saying yeah. like, hey, what's this? But it is weird. Like, I kind of feel like he must have been forced to drink the Kool-Aid, yeah. as it were. As it were, right. I guess he did. I guess he drank it. And then the Gargoyle King shoves his body in the... Yeah. Isn't there the a point... In that same up, in that same kind of scene, though, where they're like, "No, Alice, like that didn't happen," or whatever, and I can't mm-hmm. tell if that's them being like, "It didn't happen, Alice." Wink, wink. Oh. Or if it's like, "Are you remembering this right? Like we yeah. we were there with you, or whatever." Yeah, you're thinking about this episode in a way I didn't, and it's it's smart because it's like we are getting all this through Alice's point of view, mm-hmm. and so I kind of just took everything we're seeing literally, and it doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, I think maybe I need to go back and figure, figure <laughs> no, this but all that's out. A, but like yeah. rewatch it again with like really like eagle eyes. Mm-hmm. I think it is like just such of a mess of an episode. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really interested to see, to go back and read LaToya's review too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it is, it's, it's one of those, it's a tough one to talk about because it is still really fun in a lot of parts. But oh, it's this, super fun. But messes can be fun. <laughs> I know. And I enjoy the beginning and mm-hmm. I think it just gets like, I mean, it is sort of tinged, I guess, by the fact that it is all insane. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Of like, course. that the game makes no sense. That, right. like, there's like now this weird, like, supernatural shit happening that, like, fucks with your perception in general. Mm-hmm. Like, so that I guess would kind of make sense that the episode might, might, might not make a ton of sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Well, the very final scene, I like. Ugh, I cringed at. I yeah. did not like that. You texted me because I texted you like nine minutes into the app and was like, this app is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, are you at the end yet? And I was like, no. And you're like, it's a big mess. <laughs> and so I was like, just sitting there waiting, like, because Betty was basically like, you know, checking out the mm-hmm. windowsill. I'm like, is this the end? Yeah. And then I finally saw her going into the bunker, mm-hmm. happening upon the serpents. Jughead is like full Ethel, like all in on the game, at least the way he's talking yeah, about it. They are playing it. Um, let's hear that sound bite real quick. Chug, what are you doing? Betty, it's all making sense. All of this is becoming clear. The game, the Gargoyle King, I'm on level three, and it's only a matter of time until I ascend. And I get to beat him. I don't know. I mean, this is, in my mind, this is frustrating because Jughead is... is smarter than this and wouldn't is so self-aware and like wouldn't let this happen to himself but but maybe he thinks that like playing the game will help him unsolve the mystery yeah but the way he's talking about it there it's like oh fuck that we lost him he went crazy um which i guess is like what's supposed to happen to you like what alice says happens to you if you play the game Mm -hmm. but is everybody else like this or just him i don't know and i thought i'm thinking back to the fizzy rocks thing and jingle jangle it's like are those connected in some way is there mm-hmm. some more of, is there something chemically going on with the people that are playing this game for some reason yeah. before they even drink from the chalice that is like, I don't know how or why, but like, I just don't buy that like logically Jughead would buy into the mm-hmm. game like that. Maybe something's getting pumped into the bunker. I could be. Maybe certain people are just more susceptible than others because like all the serpents are playing now. You know what I mean? Like, and, right. and these like kids in the diner are playing and like, is everyone like coked out on... On this game? I mean, it could be. And I'm thinking back to Hiram with his fizzy rocks. He's the one that had the fizzy rocks. And we know that he's got some big plans for the time. I mean, this is 
absolutely insane, but is he like somehow con contaminating air or water or something with something that's in those drugs? And that's what's making people extra susceptible. I think maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's insane, but it's not something the show. I mean, the show has done more insane things. So yeah, because there is that like where it looks like the show's kind of introducing supernatural stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that's never happened on the show to date. Right. Like that happens in Greendale. Right. So is someone just like messing with the town? My initial reaction was that it was Curdle. <laughs> you know, right. like something, you know, that was my dad or, right. you know, that was my, you know, real dad, the principal or whatever. Um, cause it's always like some old creep. Yeah. Gotta old, old, quote unquote old, i.e. like my age, <laughs> um, that is somehow involved with this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Um, let's take another quick break. Yeah. Yes, we'll please. Okay, cool. We'll be right back. Yeah, so we're back. I mean, trying to make sense of the Midnight Club. I mean, we've been—I've been wanting this flashback episode for so long, and it was fun. It was satisfying in that sense, but it's kind of one of those things where they showed us a bunch of stuff, and we didn't really get any more answers. It just made things more confusing. No, and like for instance, like this is the episode we've been wanting where we figure out like the phallus backstory, yeah. right? And they're like, he was my kryptonite. He was mm -hmm. the big man on campus. Blah 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 blah. Like he played football. <laughs> And he was really a Southside Serpent and they were having like hot sex, like in a locker room, yeah. it seems like. Oh, yeah. And she's knocked up with this kid. That's like their whole backstory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, again, like two months of backstory. Well, right. And it's weird because, I mean, the, her specifically, mm -hmm. she, this happens and she's like, well, I better, I don't know. Why does she decide that she needs to pretend to be preppy to get how to trick Hal into like thinking this kid is his? I know, and then, like, why is FP, because, mm -hmm. like, when she's with Hal, like, he'll sort of be like, hey, Alice. Yeah, right, Do you know what I mean? Right. But then he, like, tried to kiss Veronica. Yeah, I mean, they the definitely game. try and play him off as, like, he was a huge, huge player. Or that he just didn't really yeah. appreciate her. But then all of that, right, doesn't really make sense now in the present timeline where it's like, so they have this deep connection when really all it was was they, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I really think that they got themselves like that. They were like, "Oh, uh, we're gonna try to solve everything one episode," and mm -hmm. they like just it got to be too much. Like yeah. everyone has to have a storyline, and everything's everything has to make sense. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it I mean, just it's, got to be too insane. It's clever to a certain extent, and it's like well thought over in some ways. But then it's like, yeah, but you're. I mean, you're answering these questions, but not in a way that's you're not poking holes in other things. I mean, let me say this. Riverdale mm -hmm. has never been a story, a show that's beholden to a timeline. Sure. Of course. <laughs> You're like, uh, this has all happened in two months. Like <laughs> right. Jason's killer or, you know, whatever. They're still at sophomores or, you know, I guess mm -hmm. now they're juniors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's that's true. I mean, and I think that's why I get so excited when in that other episode, they're like, it's been three weeks that's passed. I'm like, wow, a hint as to like yeah. where we are in the world. <laughs> like, thank you. Um, it's helpful I to do, have that. Uh, you know what I liked this episode? Hmm. Uh, the costumes. Oh, yeah. Everything was great. They look fucking like that cool, like, crown thing that Betty, mm -hmm. that, I'm sorry, Alice is wearing when, mm -hmm. like, and Jughead's got that crown and, like, they're all, yeah. like, walking in the halls. Like, that's why they're using that. those photos for, like, 
the promos, I'm like, they look amazing. Because it's so fun. Like, yeah. like Hermione's big glasses and yeah. Yeah, but even when they're not in their like G&G, like I really like the way that Hiram is styled. Oh, which, which by mm-hmm. the way, um, Michael Mark. Consuelos, like pretty funny, like not much to do. But not much to do, but looked just like his dad. He really does. It's wild. And Congrats. like AJ's Luke Perry hair, mm-hmm. pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I really liked... Uh, I really liked everything that um, Sierra was wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Murray is a young Sierra. Like, I really liked her style. And this is, this is really funny. I thought it was so funny that she was, like, the activist. Mm-hmm, like she was mm-hmm. like, end apartheid. First of all, was that in the early 90s? I don't know. I thought it was a little Our bit later. Our timelines are a little rough. Yeah, we're just blurring all Mandela these years together. Apart- I'm gonna just going to Google it right now. This This story takes place simultaneously in... 88, 91, 95. Apartheid ended in, in theory, in 1989. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure. There, there's your, thanks. <laughs> there's the well, fact of the day. Well, it kind of like really came to the end in early 90s. So I hmm. guess the timeline works. Yeah. I guess. 91. Um, it's probably yeah. 91. Right? Early 90s and a series of steps that led to the formation of a democratic government in 1994. Oh my God. I just remembered the flashback I want is like, I want to see young Nana Rose. I want to see young Rose, like the pre-Nana days. Yeah. Is that Clifford's mom? Yeah. It has to be. Before she was Nana, there was. Oh no. Now I don't like Nana Rose as much. Oh yeah. Because that means she, well. She went to find a small redheaded daughter that she could then marry to Jason. Maybe she didn't know this was happening. Oh, she knew. Oh, no. Don't ruin Nana Rose for me if that's the case. And this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> no. Um, uh, well, we sh- I mean, we've definitely talked a little bit about some of these questions we have. But I think no better time than now to pop into the speculation booth. Karen, there are so many questions yeah. from the speculation booth, which is where we pop a squat to run down all of our theories for what lies ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, first question on your list here is, was that the same Gargoyle King we're seeing now? Like, same guy, same costume? Yeah. I think it's got to be the same costume. It, it looks the exact same. I mean, I'd remember that look anywhere, as, as I've said many times. I will really say stylish. it's not necessarily the same person. It could That's be sort I of mean. like a dad. Yeah, is like this a, like a generational like a mother, son. thing? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, found this costume in the garage. Mm-hmm. It's almost like last season where, like, okay, there's the black hood now and there are these murders back then are they the same is it like some older dude that's mm-hmm. doing this or is this like a generational group thing i guess to play on that who wanted to kill one of these kids was it someone in the group yeah is that what we're supposed to believe i don't think so i don't think so either i mean that's really weird and then how did someone did they want to kill the principal or is that just an accident I don't know. And I think that's the big question about the Gargoyle King in general is that like, I kind of see this threat as like, whatever is going on is this Gargoyle King is like happy to like kill whoever they mm-hmm. can and like loop people into this weird culty game world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a specific target. So at the time was this, was it like, Oh no, we killed the principal. We got to put this game away. Yes. And that's another big question. It's like, why does this disappear for so long? I mean, yeah, they said they scattered the pieces, but but yeah, was that the only copy of the game? And like, didn't was didn't the gargoyle? Couldn't the gargoyle king have kept it going? The gargoyle king's like, God damn it! I got this whole outfit together. I only got to wear it once. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like why was he freaked out by the principal dying too? I don't know. To kind of just kept it going. Yeah, um, it, it's really it's really weird. Where did 
Ben and Dilton find it again. I mean, I think we don't really know anything about Dilton's personal life or his father. Like maybe he like, he kind of seems like the type of guy that would have got really into it and been like, man, remember the good days when we had the game? Because that's probably the only time any of those kids gave a shit about him. I will say also Dilton's like a creep, right? Yeah, like totally. it he could have just like found this bunker and the game was in the bunker, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it could have, mm-hmm. he could have just been digging around a garage or like a yard sale or something and found this game, you know? Yeah. And then that kind of feels also like if you're going to find someone that's susceptible to like extremes, placing mm-hmm. it in front of Dilton is pretty smart. Yeah. Absolutely. So somebody knows that he's a real dunce. <laughs> it was yeah. like, this is our weakest, the weakest link. Like, this is how, this is our in. And Ben and like <laughs> Ethel. Yeah. Kids that just want to be popular and now it's caught on with everybody. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, I think a lot of people were also like, um, if they made all, if they all made this pack together, why wasn't Reggie's dad and Dylan's dad in that meeting the other week? But I just think that's like the show being like, well, we didn't, we don't have actors for that. Like <laughs> we're not going to put them in here, but there are people like, did they die too? And I think that that's thinking into it too much. I wonder if Dylan's dad's like actually dead already. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe. Like maybe he's not around. Well, it didn't seem like there was anyone to grieve him when he died. So no. it very well could be. Yeah. He just, that kid just disappeared. So sad. I know. And then Reggie's dad is very busy as a used car salesman or a non-used car salesman. Yeah. And I really like, oh, we didn't even talk. I really like Charles's hair in this episode as his dad. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was a pretty great look too. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, what are the other, I mean, we already were like, where's Mary? I don't have an answer for that. I mean, probably the same place Hal is, just like an, is like an ancillary character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why she got out of town or whatever, mm-hmm. because she's not like tied to this like deep nightmare. Yeah. Like all the other parents are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to see. I wanted to see her, but that's okay. Um, well, I also think you can't. How do I put this? You know what young Molly Ringwald looks like, right? Yeah, of course. So like throwing someone in there, you'd be like, that's not right. Yeah. But I mean, that's also basically true of Machen and, yeah. and Luke, but... Molly Ringwald in 94, too, is, like, not teenage Molly Ringwald. Yeah. What if they had, like, an insane budget and they did, like, what a lot of movies are doing now and they just do, like, a CGI young <laughs> version of them? And... Yeah. That happened in Grey's Anatomy recently. And it I was did? like, this doesn't look good. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Have not seen that in years. <laughs> um, I think my last questions were kind of, like, how did Jughead get so deep into this and are drugs related to people getting into the game? And I kind of already touched on my weird theory there. but Yeah. I don't think Jughead would, like, knowingly do drugs. No. No, no, no. Although he was, like, super eager to drink the Kool-Aid the other week. So, the Fresh Aid, sorry. Yeah, and then, like, as always, like, why aren't him and Betty just, like, talking? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he like, yeah, I got really into playing the game without letting you know. Like, what? Right. And she, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she had a, sat with her mom for a while as she told her this story. But I can't believe she wouldn't have called him immediately. It's yeah. one of those situations where it's like, usually these people are good at keeping each other in the loop. But then it's like, why did we, how did this happen? They so often don't keep each other in the loop yeah to a to an extent that's like guys like oh you had a seizure like that yeah. kind of thing where it's like a simple text uh-huh. <laughs> yeah sometimes they're good at it sometimes they aren't i mean it is a good model in the sense of like you can live separate lives as a teenage relationship do you know what i mean right, Like versus right. being like super like up on each other's uh business yeah, um, but sometimes, like, for the sake of the story, it's like, guys, come on. Like, they would have told each other. Yeah, I would think I had so. the craziest talk with my mom. Tell you about it later. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and Jughead's like, sorry, I can't. I'm way deep on G&G right now. And then Betty would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It should have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, oh, I've got the name game in here, as we always name do. Game. Before we get into a few brief fan theories. But the name game uh, next week's episode is called The Great Escape, which is the classic 63 World War II movie about a group of prisoners of war escaping from a Nazi camp. Um, I have actually read the description for next week's episode. It is two, it is two lines. Oh, yeah? But basically, it's like Veronica, after not hearing from Archie for a few weeks, tries to break him out of prison, like oh. like works on a plan to get him out. So it's more coming from the outside than it is Archie and his gang trying to get out. I think so. I mean, maybe they're also involved, you know, mm-hmm. now that she's like visiting him with like a blonde wig or however that's, is that happening still? Or is that the beginning? Or now is he like not talking to her anymore? I don't know. I guess you're right. Maybe he's not allowed to see anyone. He's not allowed to see his dad. So, um, yeah. So and then gonna... also, um, Betty's going to try to break Jughead of, oh. the, of his like, Insane dependence. Could, on, yeah, could I guess that? I guess. I was, I was gonna say from the other week, someone had brought this up how funny it is that Archie sees that pickaxe in Mad Dog's book, and Archie tells those guys, he's like, he kept it as a symbol, as a reminder that there's a better life outside. And it's like, no, he kept the pickaxe because it's a tool that can help him break out if mm-hmm. he needs to. It's a right? pretty small pickaxe. Yeah. It's a very Archie thing to be like, this represents so much. Um, Uh, Here is the official description. Mm. Uh, After weeks go by with no contact from Archie, Veronica devises a dangerous plan to break him out of juvie. Meanwhile, when Betty learns that Jughead has taken their investigation to Griffins and Gargos a step too far, Mm. she finds herself in a race against the clock to save him. Well, and as always, by the time uh, you guys are hearing this episode, there will be a little teaser trailer that maybe reveals a little bit more, but... Yeah, I suspect. It's going to be a big prison breakout attempt. I wonder how, like... I wonder how heisty it'll feel. I wonder if, like, Veronica's going to have her little, like, crew. <laughs> like, sexy black outfits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Would probably pretty, pretty You know much. what? I've seen pro- a promo image from the episode where Kevin is, like, dressed up in, like, a delivery boy outfit. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, are they going to have him, like... Are they going to have Kevin, like, muck up the uh, problem again? Yeah, I'm down. I'm, that's That sounds fun. Bring it on. Yeah, I mean, why don't... Why haven't the serpents tried to get, like, Joaquin and everybody out? yeah. I mean, right, because we know... work with the serpents. We know that they can talk to... Like, FP and Jug went to go visit the one... I forget what his name was. The one guy in prison last season, so it mm-hmm. could happen again. Um, I had... I'm, there's always constantly theories out there, but I was trying to find some from, from our Twitter followers, and <laughs> I asked earlier in the week specifically about theories about this episode, and um, one of my favorites at Boston Believers um, theory is that Hiram had a Tamagotchi... <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, oh gosh, it's tough. We Did don't really Hiram see. Hiram have a Tamagotchi? I don't know if it would be Hiram or if we'd be talking about who do you think would be most likely out of the characters that we now know mm. to have a Tamagotchi? I don't know. Uh, Maybe uh, Hermione? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, we're supposed to like see her character as kind of like a, well, like she a was the Catholic school girl. Yeah, basically. like kind of Catholic like innocent, dorky with our glasses, which was cute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. But also, Tamagotchi was probably not until 96, 95, 96, Cameron, right? let's find out how to get oh, Time to go in our pop culture fact corner. <laughs> Do you, uh, Tamagotchi guys, uh, oof, gosh, hit me with the details right on the... Yeah, that's what I you want to Google right search. right on the front of the I Google auto, page. Auto I don't need to the... click through to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, really released by Bandai in 96 in Japan and 97 in the rest of the world. Okay. So Hiram could have had a Tamagotchi later. In college. In go- yeah. Riverdale Freshman year college of college. Years. Yeah. Uh-huh. He could have like gotten one from Japan, like for Hermione and like, get babe, check this out. I got Ooh, this for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'd have I it, provide. 
brought in and she's like that's you're so cool through like the what's the name of the japanese like of the yakuza yeah 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 oh god <laughs> they were like papa noodles or whatever mm-hmm. like member of the japanese yakuza <laughs> and it would be re- papa noodles it's really good i'm gonna start writing this there's fanfic. probably a better name but i like um yeah i don't know something udon yeah papa udon yeah yeah <laughs> um Ah, Papa Poutine, gone too soon. Uh, Another (laughs) fan theory, briefly, speaking of people with great names, uh, Tanya Jo Riley said, we're going to see some of Dr. Kirtle Sr. to confirm my theory that Dr. Kirtle Jr. is a gargoyle king. Um, Did not, but obviously was mentioned by name. He was on the phone. Yes, that's right. That's right. And that's what started the investigation. Um, I don't know. I think that's an interesting thing to keep a pin in, but that in my mind, that was still just Kirtle Jr.'s way of telling us that his dad mm-hmm. had dealt with that in the past. And that was the hint that like something has happened previously. Um, speaking of hints, mm. do you have theories about the symbols? I like, sure do. Okay. On the bottom of the cups was like one of the symbols. Mm-hmm. What about the other two? Like, where did those come from? Well, weirdly enough, I was watching Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I was not weird that I was watching Sabrina, but this theory, this popped in my head when I was watching, um, that and there's a chalkboard at the Academy of Unseen Arts in the background of a scene and some of the symbols look close to Gargoyle King symbols. Oh. And so I was like, oh yeah, these they probably didn't just come up with these symbols. This is the show that loves to reference other things. I'm sure there are some there's something out there that these symbols are coming from. Yeah. I don't even I honestly couldn't even tell you what I looked up, but I found out that there's like these interpretations of like the Lovecraftian alphabet like H.P. Lovecraft, you know, the old horror writer, mm-hmm. um, where it has all these these symbols. And I tweeted the grid that shows what symbol corresponds to which letter. Mm-hmm. And so if you map that out over, if you map that out over um, the the sketches that are on the billboard in town, the things that were in uh, Dilton's back, I think it's the letters T-G-H, which as I'm translating it, I have like T-G, I was like, oh, it's going to be K, and it's just the Gargoyle King, that's his mark. But mm-hmm. TGH is weird. Yeah, I don't know. That's confusing. Um, but I kind of want to keep an eye out for it because, yeah, those symbols did pop up a lot. And specifically, that was the H on the bottom of those chalices. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I have no idea. But <laughs> I was just, like, happy to be like, oh, yeah. And, of course, Lovecraft was re- mentioned, referenced last season um, because the shipment that Archie and Jug had had to drop off in Greendale, that old wheelchair lady that wasn't Anna Rose. Mm-hmm had like um, Lovecraft's name on it. Or I had a, oh God, I'm getting really deep into this, but it's all connected. It's all connected. I mean, Roberto did say in an interview that whatever happened in that Tales from the Dark Side episode was supposed to be a big hint at where this scene was headed. Oh. So I think that we're supposed to take that kind of literally then. I like your digging into this. I like how you're taking it much more I'm like seriously frothing than at the mouth else. right now. Can we take, we should take a quick break. I got to, I'm like going crazy. I'm scaring myself. <laughs> okay. See, I'm, oh, I became Jughead. Damn. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we are back. We are uh, going to talk about the blue and gold, which is our favorite Riverdale adjacent moments of the week from the cast, the fans, and beyond, basically online and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron, what is yours? Mine was just this this series of Instagram posts uh, from KJ, who like 
I don't know. I think like at the beginning of the show, specifically because I didn't like the Archie plot line, I was just like, oh, this guy. But he is like just really won me over. <laughs> He's really funny. Um, and he had posted this old photo of him from, from, I don't know, he was maybe 10 at the time. <laughs> and it's this really goofy photo is captioned the real KJ Appa PS up the crown. If you know, you know, <laughs> I think it must be like a rugby thing, like his little yeah, pin. It does look like he has, yeah, it's a, definitely a uniform. Yeah, um, like a New Zealandy thing. And so he had shared that photo and then. I'm assuming Dylan Sprouse must have done this where he edited a more recent photo of KJ at the Teen Choice Awards with his old gap tooth smile. Because he said, I mean, I saw, was it Cole or was it him that commented on that photo and said, like, that photo makes it look like you ate ice cream with your teeth. Oh. <laughs> There's a gajillion comments, so it's hard to go back yes. and find them. Um, but yeah, he specifically tagged Dylan Sprouse in the second photo. Yeah. And just said, hey, you write <laughs> to Dylan. And then the third post was the same photo again with the gap tooth on the more modern day picture, but also the old hair. And he said, this is getting out of control. He looks like Alfred E. Newman there. Do you he know does. what I mean? Like from Mad Magazine. Yeah. He does. Let's do the adaptation of that um, with KJ. Yeah. As Alfred. Um, just a lot of fun. I don't know. Just innocent. Like, you, what, you know, I just lost my mind thinking about these Gargoyle King symbols. So it's nice to um, draw myself back into the real world with some... Um, Bad photoshops. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know what my favorite thing is this week. I don't know if I have one. Mm. Uh, there's something, I mean, Lily Cole was on uh, Colbert last week. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, Lily pointed out that he was dressed like um, the guy from A Nightmare Before Christmas, which mm -hmm. I enjoyed. Like Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I kind of wanted to like, I always want to like his talk show appearances more than I do. Mm -hmm. Like it's always just him talking about like, yeah, I had a real crush on Jennifer Aniston when I was on Friends or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, eh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like give me something else, man. Mm -hmm. Like your stories are boring. I don't know. I want to yeah. like him better. I mean, he grew up on set. Like I want to know more Maybe it's like that. he's just like stuck in like, like when you're on a talk show, like that's what they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of tough. Oh, um, well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps us up for the week. You still got to watch. I mean, I'll, I'll plug it again. We put out uh, just recently an extra episode about all of Sabrina um, that I did with Danette. From Will I AB ever Club. be able to watch television again? I, I did watch twins. half an episode of um, Real Housewives of Dallas this morning. Oh. Uh, from a week ago. So you're uh, saying caught up, sort of. Yeah, you know, I have priorities. Because uh -huh. it's also stuff I can like dip in and out of. Yeah. I can watch 10 minutes at a time. So, mm. Mm, you mm, know. Interesting. See, I don't have priorities and I spend my free time just watching these shows. <laughs> it's not that I don't have priorities. No, it's I like know. literally like I just want to like, it's like if I started watching Sabrina, mm -hmm. I would want, be able to watch 15 minutes and then have like hear crying yeah. and I have to run away. That'd Do you really, know what I really mean? Tough, and course. so then I would just be like, what the fuck is going on? Like I'd never be like coming back to it would be so confusing. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, yeah. no, of course. Oh, like watching every episode in like four parts. I would take forever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're like. I don't know. It's funny because I put it all up at once because I do basically want to promote people like binging a season now mm -hmm. and you'd be like, oh, like it would be better if this ran week to week for you. It'd give you more of a chance. Yeah. To also lately, like because just work has been a lot because mm -hmm. it's like end of the year movie time and TV time. So yeah, like I used big. to be able to watch TV at night, but lately I've just been having to like watch <laughs> go see movies and uh -huh. stuff. Oh, my life is the worst. <laughs> 
Sounds bad. Um, no. But you know what I mean? Like it's of been course. not, you know, I haven't really been like still held a good place from last week. That's mm. like the one show that Andrew and I You're like actually try and keep up on, but yeah. we haven't even watched it yet. Huh? Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Well, I will keep chugging along. I mean, I think I have to uphold my present promise to um, watch that series elite that's on Netflix, What's the elite? Spanish language oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Um, Cause people have followed up after we talked about it that episode and they're like, yeah, it's amazing. You have to see it. So I keep hearing about love Island. Like oh, God. we've <laughs> talked about love Island unrelated entirely to Riverdale. But the idea of that show was like so daunting to me. Like it's I could never so much. Cause that literally no is chance. every day. Yeah. There's no way. How do you watch that? There's no way. Well, I, we don't have to get into it now, but I think that kind of opens up a whole other can of worms where it's like shows want to like be this like live experiential thing because that's the only way that like you they get, get people to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and Love Violence capitalizing on that because like you have to tune in or you're behind. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Anyway, Anyways, television. Thanks for tuning in this for our television show. talk. <laughs> if you haven't listened, you could get easily behind on my and Cameron's uh, witty repartee. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Dial M for Maple is a production of Onion Inc. And our theme music is by Stuart Wood. And our engineer is Stephen Holliger. Our producer is Leah Steltenpole. And our creative director down at the end of the table is Leo Garcia. The show is hosted by me, Mara Egan, and Cameron Sheets. And if you like the show, tell your friends. They won't even have to try that hard to find us. We are basically everywhere that podcasts are podcasted. True. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. The very best Twitter in the world. It's at Dial M for Maple on Twitter. Cameron, thanks. And I will see you next week when Riverdale makes its great escape. Bye-bye, Bulldogs. Bye-bye, Bulldogs.